Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, so you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara, absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Behind you, huh? That's right. We got Foo Fighters, Led Zeppelin. I'm a big classic rock guy, unlike most kids my age. What, 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 what do kids your age listen to? Uh, let's see. Post Malone, Travis Scott, a lot of uh, really, really bad rap, in my opinion. Okay. Well, yeah. Now, you're, you, got, you got much more figured out than they do. Good <laughs> I, w- I was listening to an interview you did um, a few weeks back, and you were talking about uh, you, you've been to over 113 Grateful Dead shows. Like that, yeah. Wow, that's dedication. That that that's pretty impressive. Yes, or or, or wasted all my disposable income, but yes. <laughs> awesome. So I guess just to get started, uh, my first question would be obviously your origins, uh, wanting to work in sports casting. Uh, your your time at USC, obviously, four year graduate. Uh, what was the number like? Do you remember the first um, actual thing that you wanted to accomplish, whether that was sports casting or working behind the scenes, and how it kind of evolved into you being at Fox Sports over the past two decades? Yeah, you know, honestly, I just, uh, I was such a baseball fan when I was a kid, and I just uh, had visions of being, doing play-by-play in, in in baseball, and that was really kind of my focus, and um, there wasn't like a single moment, it was just what I wanted to do. Um, ironically, I grew up in Los Angeles where, you know, the best baseball announcer maybe of all time, Vin Scully, exists, but I'm not a Dodgers fan, so uh, my I, I appreciated him as a broadcaster, but I, I grew up an Angels fan, not a Dodgers fan, so I probably didn't appreciate wow. him as much as I should have, but we were very lucky in Los Angeles beyond him. Um, we had Dick Enberg uh, for different stretches with uh, the Angels. Um, he ended up with Fox Sports San Diego doing the Padres. Um, Chick Hearn, who uh, was the Lakers play-by-play announcer, who was uh, really who I listened to the most growing up, as well as Bob Miller, who was as good a hockey announcer as there was with the Kings. Wow. So, and again, like, I feel like California, New York, 
two biggest sports markets obviously had the best broadcasters growing up like even in today's age like i know the, me growing up a yankee fan yeah michael k on the yes network john sterling on the radio like people kind of give him uh, a bad news but as a new yorker like he, he's one of the best to me like he's a hall of fame broadcaster um in his own right so through those experiences you, you being to where uh you are now when did you kind of uh, formulate and kind of think like okay like working in production and development where when did that come into play for you you know i uh when i started at fox uh i was a senior in my uh, summer between my junior and senior year of college wow. and i just uh it was it was a, a great opportunity and it segued right into a full-time job when i graduated and and so i said hey you know i'll give it a year and after another year i'll give it a year and then uh Honestly, like the third year working there, it culminated with our first Super Bowl. And um, I was on the field in New Orleans uh, after the, uh, uh, the Packers beat the Patriots, um, Brett Favre's only Super Bowl yeah. win. And it kind of reached, it was almost like an epiphany. It's like, it, you know, this is, this is great. I'm lucky. I'm as good as a broadcaster as I could potentially become. The chance of ever doing a Super Bowl is you know, uh, uh, very, very long odds. So uh, I just kind of at that point owned it and, and, and have made the best of my career. And you graduating from USC and being at your time at Fox Sports, I feel like it's very rare staying in the same area for as long as you have. Have you had other opportunities come your way where you're kind of just like, nah, I, I like where I'm at right now. I'm very passionate about what I'm doing and I like my setup. Yeah, I've been I've been fortunate that I've, uh, you know, I had some people reach out over the years and had some... Uh, you know, pretty cool opportunities that I, I thought about. Um, but for one reason or another, I've always um, stayed at Fox, which um, has proven to be the, be the right answer. And, you know, you kind of look back like, you know, uh, you know, six months or a year after you make the decision to, to stay where, stay put and you're like, oh yeah, I did that. That was the right thing to do. Um, through, through some of those opportunities and those discussions I've had, the one thing that um, people have imparted on me, which I think is valuable information and, and something to pass on to people is sometimes the best decision and the best move you can make in your career is not making a move. Just yeah. staying put can often be the best move that you can make. I mean, I totally agree in that sense. And I was going to ask you this question later on, but it kind of alludes into that topic. For you, kind of like balancing, like you being from, from that area and being there as long as you have now, uh, kind of balancing, you know, your work schedule, which has to be hectic, even during these times, it's probably more hectic the way that content is being produced now. Uh, but at the same time, balancing work and home life. How, how do you keep, not necessarily an even balance, because I feel like that's kind of overrated, but at the same time, how are you maintaining, uh, you know, the number one thing that's most important and that's happiness overall? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that is always a challenge, uh, especially, you know, this time of year, football season is always busy. Yeah. Um, and and this year, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been busier. You know, there, there's just the, the complications that um, the world that we're in right now have, have made it, made the, uh, the weekly job just, you know, there's a whole nother set of uh, obstacles and problems and solutions that have to come up with. But um, it, the other thing, uh, not just in our industry, but I think we'll see in other industries, is you actually now actually, because you're working from home more often than not, you actually have a little more time at home than I normally would. I have a long commute to work and that's gone. So uh, all of a sudden I, you know, I don't have to deal with uh, 
fighting Southern California traffic like I, like I normally would. So um, weirdly, I've gotten some hours of my life back because of this. It's, it's been a, you know, a, a silver lining in the pandemic. And I think, um, I think a lot of people would say that, that um, you have more time to do some stuff around the house or be yeah. with your family because you're, you're not commuting. You're not necessarily working less, but all of a sudden you have more time of the day is given back to you. So what's work life like right now compared to when the pandemic first hit in March and April when basically everything was shut down? There really wasn't much going uh, other than, of course, you know, Vince McMahon and WWE. He had like the great idea to just keep going and now he's got the Thunderdome. But for the most part, sports were completely shut down. Was it uh, kind of a stalemate at first or was it just as busy as it is now? No, March and April are definitely a lot quieter. And um, so I oversee three sports uh, as our coordinating producer, um, uh, NFL, NASCAR, and WWE. So um, two of the three were kind of going on. You know, WWE, as you alluded to, never stopped. And, uh, you know, they, 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 had a, a, they, they just never, never took a week off. So that's always been going on. And then NASCAR, while they stopped initially, they were kind of the, uh, you know, them uh, along with the UFC were two, kind of the two first two sports that came back. So um, I was by, um, you know, uh, com especially compared to all my counterparts, stayed really busy during during the whole time. And um, we even had iRacing happened with, uh, you know, NASCAR drivers and simulators that we were doing, you know, a, a week and a half after sports stopped. So um, I never really had this, uh, you know, I've been fortunate that I never really had the down period that a lot of others did. Um, and then, and then, you know, once, once we got past, you know, uh, you know, even in April is when the NFL drafted and, um, and the schedule was released. So, uh, you know, I, I haven't been, um, I, I, things didn't really stop too much for me. And, and actually, you know, as I said earlier, things are probably even busier than normal. Wow. So how have things kind of changed from a, a producing role, like trying to make it as creative as possible for certain broadcasts, given that there's no fans in the stands, you have an opportunity to try a different style, a different dynamic of storytelling for everybody watching. Because again, like now the audience is watching the broadcast if they want to watch what they want to watch. Yeah, I think, you know, um, uh, bizarrely, football is almost in some ways uh, the most normal. Um, yeah. You know, you don't, uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on our three up top cameras, which we call cameras one, two, and three, you don't see the stands anywhere, so you don't see an empty stadium. Um, obviously, you know, when, when you see, you know, coaches or people on the sideline, there are people wearing masks, so that's different. But I think there's something um, bizarrely normal about football. And, and uh, which I think is is probably comforting some people that they get some sense of normalcy. Um, you know, in general, uh, you know, this has changed a lot of what we do. People working from home, people doing interviews via Zoom and Skype. Um, the, the, the story I, I kind of uh, refer to the most is the most 2020 thing to happen is um, we needed to hire uh, a couple new game analysts to broadcast games for us and uh, in, in the NFL. And we were going to do auditions in our studio at the end of March. So we had some things scheduled and then lo and behold, you know, March 12th, uh, office shut down and we said, oh, you know, we'll do those auditions, I don't know, next month, April, maybe early May, but it won't be too long. Well, at a certain point that became clear it was going to be a lot longer than that. Um, so 
honestly, just watching shows on on FS1 and other networks and seeing um, how they were utilizing Zoom and and webcams and the like, uh, I kind of came up with the thought that, well, if, if they're doing that, we can certainly do auditions via Zoom. And and so we worked a little bit on the technical side of it, got it right. And and we did, uh, we auditioned nine different uh, former NFL players. And out of that, we hired Jonathan Vilma to be a full-time analyst for us. And then Akib Talib, who was going to call a couple games, uh, called one already and has uh, at least one more that he's going to call this year. So I think, you know, um, the circumstances has forced us all to adapt and, and, and kind of maximize technology to, to all of our benefits. And you talked about adapting right there. How quickly did you guys adapt to stuff like this, like Zoom? Because I feel like when we first started, it was kind of a burden to everybody that we had to do this. But as time went on, it's like, this is actually a plus and it's probably going to be used now moving forward, even when times do go back to semi-normalcy. Yeah, I think it, it it took it took a little bit of time, but honestly, it happened pretty quick. That you know, um, the good news is um, the technology to do things like this exists, and it was just more a matter of us adjusting. And um, you know, it 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 also allows you to get. Um, you know, I use the example of, you know, Matthew McConaughey did our NFL Open a few weeks ago and, um, you know, he just did it via Zoom. And, um, you know, uh, two years ago, you would have to require, uh, you know, camera crew and uh, potentially, you know, a satellite truck or fiber to get it back and, and you know, a, a, a big involved process to have somebody do this. Now you can just do it on a Zoom. It's, it's uh, you know, you might add a secondary camera or two, but it, it's, uh, the, it's not the heavy lift that it used to be. And, and honestly, I, I don't know that the viewer Matt cares that much that the quality isn't quite as good because it was shot, you know, uh, shot through zoom or Skype or, or something like that. I, I think, I think sometimes we do TV cause, uh, for ourselves and for TV people rather than, uh, the viewer that I think a lot of times doesn't really know the difference. So, um, it, it, it allows you to, uh, you know, I'd also use the example with Michael Strahan do an interview with OBJ to get those two people together during a football season, Michael doing, you know, Good Morning America during the week in New York. That would be, you know, extremely difficult, if not impossible. And now it's not impossible. So this gives us, I think, a lot more flexibility on things like that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure from, you know, like you mentioned with the McConaughey example from the Zoom standpoint and with the audience not really telling the difference, like, not to say that you have like an excuse now, but like it's a lot easier setting things up that way uh, through technology, through Zoom calls, through uh, laptops. But from a normal, like from a normal perspective, like 2019 and before that, so pre-COVID, for you in your role, how sporadic or consistent is a day-to-day uh, work life at, at Fox Sports? Well, honestly, my, uh, you know, I often get that. What's a day in the life like? And every day is different. Um, you know, uh, you just, you just never know. Um, right now I'm on, you know, our office shut down, like I said, March 12th. Uh, and then, um, the, the date of which it, it was closed to is, is moved several times. But, um, right now we're closed till at least April 1st. Um, and and we'll see you know the people the people that go into the office are essential for us being on the air um so there are definitely people there but um 
you know, a, a traditional office jobs, just they're not in our office. They don't, they, they're all working from home. I go on, uh, on a normal week on Thursday and Sunday for our NFL coverage. Uh, I was there, you know, when we came back with our NASCAR race coverage. And, um, but, you know, when, when not, it'll be like a day like today, I'm working from home, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that we already had a room in our house kind of set up as a home office. So I had a workspace, um, you know, because uh, that's uh, a lot of people don't have that luxury. And a lot of, the, you know, like my, uh, dealing with the same situation I'm dealing with where there's kids doing homeschooling in the, in the same house and fighting for uh, Internet bandwidth and the like. So, um, yeah, you, you just you just adjust. And, 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 and but even in a, in a normal year, no, no, not every day is different. So that's that's kind of one of the one of the cool parts of my job that it is not it doesn't get boring and, mo- and mundane. It, 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 it's it's a variety of things going on each day. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's a cool scenario. Do you per, do you prefer now that you've had this experience over the past six, seven months or so uh, with the pandemic? Do you like working remotely? Because again, like you are losing that that you know personal touch working with people on a day to day basis, but at the same time, it seems like it's uh, as efficient. Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see. You know what? Uh, you know, twenty twenty one is probably uh, you know. Who knows how long uh, we get? It takes till we get back to quote unquote normal, but um, you know, yeah, I think that we'll probably we'll have to see how it goes. But I would think there'd be some sort of a hybrid between working at home and and working in the office. As as to your point, we've seen that it, there's a lot of uh, benefits to it, and you can get a lot done um, without. Um, you know, without taking the time to go go from home to work. Um, that said, yeah, the, the personal relationships that uh, you know you can only uh, you can only do so much over Zoom and not and not be around people. Um, you know, I feel especially bad for you know I get I'm lucky in that I do get time in the office and I do see people and you know there's a ton of people in our our office like I said that haven't been in the building since March and it'll be over a year at least before they come back. And I think that is a challenge. So I think we'll, we'll see. I, 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 I don't, I, I, I can't imagine that we won't learn somewhat from this and um, some practices related to uh, working from home and zoom and efficiencies will, will be gained from this and, and benefit not only companies, but also uh, workers as well. I mean, there's only one way to find out. Uh, but the, the one thing I also wanted to uh, talk about, you mentioned NFL, NASCAR, and now WWE. So WWE comes in in uh, the fall of 2019 with SmackDown, as well as WWE Backstage. I know you grew up uh, a wrestling fan. Me, I did not grow up a wrestling fan, but I became a wrestling fan as I got older, which I feel like is a lot more rare. I'm Good. Gonna- well done, Jack. <laughs> I love the story. I, I just love the storytelling aspect of it. Uh, but for you guys, what was the whole story bringing that in from the early stages, which has kind of uh, catapulted into another sports phenomenon? Again, it is like a mix of sports and entertainment. You know, non-wrestling fans say it's fake, but they're athletes and they take real bumps. But what was the uh, origin behind that? And uh, what, what was the idea for you that inspired you to bring them over? Yeah, it, it's not. Don't use the fake word. It's scripted. It's 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 That's right. Fake. As you said, they're you know they're they're athletes and they're doing unbelievable things and and, and the bumps and bruises are real. Um, you know, it was just uh, it was something I thought about um, about eight or eight eight or nine years ago where I just 
thought it would be a good fit for Fox. Um, I, I think, you know, uh, getting, uh, getting a presence on network television, not just cable television, I think was, it was something the product needed and, and Fox felt like it was the right place for it. And it was something I kind of pitched my bosses on for years. And then all of a sudden the timing was right. And we went ahead and kind of started the relationship with WWE. Um, I, uh, Became became close with their their head of uh, television and and all things kind of media, Kevin Dunn, and um, then you know the companies started uh, coming closer and negotiating, and and you know led to Friday Night SmackDown, and um, it it really kind of fits perfectly in in our world where you know we have Thursday Night Football and. That leads to Friday night SmackDown, which leads to Saturday college football, which leads to Sunday NFL. So it's really like a four, you know four days and slash nights of of uh, of sports programming on 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 Fox the network. So out of seven days, the fact that we're heavily involved in four of them is is pretty exciting, and and WWE fits right into that. And those are busy weekends for you, I'm sure. But from the WWE standpoint, you bring in SmackDown, WWE backstage. Obviously, you had Renee Young hosting, Booker T bringing on uh, former and current uh, superstars to be analysts. As a wrestling fan, the one wild card that I found very intriguing was bringing in CM Punk. Because like everybody knows the history between uh, WWE and CM Punk, one of the top wrestlers in the company at one point, kind of had a, a bad falling out. And then you guys bring him in as an analyst for a WWE show when he's not contracted to WWE, meaning he could analyze it in a way where some of those other analysts really can't analyze it because they work for the company. What was the whole uh, creative uh, strategy behind uh, kind of bringing him in and what did you expect when he was going to be on the air with those guys? Yeah. I mean, we just, you know, you know, when you think of uh, who you would want for a show like that, I, I think, you know, if you think of our DNA, you know, you wanted like kind of the number one guy that you'd want to hear from just the same as, you know, you Troy Aikman in the booth or Jeff Gordon in the NASCAR booth or, you know, Alex Rodriguez on, on our uh, baseball pregame show. He was, uh, CM Punk uh, was kind of our number one pick. Like that's who we wanted. And, and uh, it was, you know, it was a bit of a process to, to get him and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that he isn't in the WWE, like that didn't necessarily deter us, you know, I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, you know, Booker T or Christian or, or you know, Paige, any of our regular analysts were, are, are, are not active wrestlers at this point or active WWE superstars. So um, that was definitely not, I, I don't think it's an issue at all, you know, yeah. Troy Aikman's not an active NFL quarterback, but you still have him talking about yeah. football. I, I, I think it, it, in some ways, I think that, you know, helps having that perspective and, and you have, you know, active superstars on as guests and um, to contribute, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, he's so respected and um, obviously has a, has a little perspective beyond the WWE with his UFC career and now he's acting and um, yeah, he was just a great addition and, and it was, uh, you know, it was something, I think fans were clamoring to hear his perspective on the business. Um, you know, the, the fact that we were able to kind of keep it quiet that, you know, there'd been speculation he might join, but then by the time he actually did join, you know, that was a completely surprise. And I was a surprise to even the people on the set and they, they didn't know about it. We did, uh, 
you know, did a great job and, you know, to be able to keep something quiet like that in, in, in this day and age is pretty amazing with social media and all, all the leaks that happen in the world. Um, so no, he was, uh, just a great, great person to have on the show and, and, and really, uh, really a great guy to work with. And to your point with leaks and everything that almost never happens. And with a guy of his stature with, I feel like a lot of wrestling fans kind of clamoring for his return at some point to be able to keep that under wraps was pretty incredible. And I thoroughly enjoyed WWE backstage as a whole. It was a totally different look inside the company with great analysis, great personalities. Uh, When it came to some of the analysts, like you were mentioning Christian, Samoa Joe, Booker T, whoever came on, Uh, did that show just take a hit because of everything going on with COVID or were there other circumstances involved? Yeah. Yeah, just uh, you know, uh, the w- the way of the world, unfortunately, is as uh, there there had to be some cuts made in 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 a lot of places. Unfortunately, not not just at our company, but all over our business and all over the world. I mean, just the same as you know, there's there's uh, restaurants you probably like in your neighborhood that aren't open anymore. Yeah, we uh, um, WWE backstage uh, has gone away as a as, as a weekly show, though um, we still have I, I you know on on, on important weekends you know around like wrestlemania and things like that we we plan on still still bringing it back when when it when it makes sense well i'm looking forward to that because again like that was a totally different perspective something you haven't seen before given you know like vince likes things a certain way where like you guys kind of had control of how certain things were uh run over at fox uh for you you know Again, like we mentioned, being the senior VP of production and talent development for as long as you have, I mean, being at almost every premier sporting event, whether it's Super Bowls, World Series, et cetera, like you mentioned, working with NFL, NASCAR, and WWE, are you used to those uh, big game scenarios, you know, like, because I'm sure they're insanely busy, like, are you used to them or do you still get goosebumps being around all of that for as long as you have? Oh yeah, no, it's still a, it's still pretty awesome. You know, the fact that it seems like a a lifetime ago, but last February, you know, we had the Super Bowl in in Miami and uh, you know, as as we, as you do the timeline, it's pretty amazing that we got only, not only that in, but then got the Daytona 500 and shortly thereafter. Um, uh, Yeah, no, those still are, um, uh, it's an amazing feel. There's pressure, there's, uh, intensity um there's a, a an amazing amount of satisfaction when it's over no you, you those are all still and still will always be kind of pinch me moments when you are fortunate enough to work on on events of that magnitude you have uh, a specific or a few specific memories that you remember whether it was certain games or certain behind the scenes things that were really cool yeah, you know, I, um, there's two Super Bowls that really stick out in my mind. Uh, there was uh, the February 2002 Super Bowl where um, the the uh, Patriots upset the Rams. You know, kind of Tom Brady's uh, big arrival onto the stage and um, upsetting upsetting the Rams. And um, you know, but that was that was kind of the Super Bowl post 9/11, and it was yeah. kind of a similar the most similar situation in my lifetime to what's going on now and um just getting that super bowl done and 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 actually happening you know the season is delayed that was the super bowl was delayed a week as a result and you know going into the super bowl there were tanks on the street you know it, it's it's a it's a different mindset that than we're at right now but it was you know it was like the 
we, we, we still was, it was almost kind of like we were, the country was under attack and um, it was, it, 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 it was like, it showed that the world was, it was going to go on and America was going to go on and that, you know, that, that, that obviously um, transcendent moment on 9-11 wasn't going to define us, that we were, that, that it, we still were going to go about our lives and, and, uh, you know, at a halftime performance by U2 that was extremely emotional, listed all the, the people that died on that fateful day behind them and uh it was just very powerful and 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 a special one to be involved in and then uh the the, uh the other one involves the patriots as well where they had a perfect record going in the super bowl and the new york giants led by uh michael strahan and then of course uh Eli Manning and the David Tyree helmet catch and right. just a, and another huge upset. It, 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 I think it, it's not a coincidence that both those memorable moments involve games that were upsets. Cause I think, I think when it's uh, that's one of those things in sports where something happens that you're not expecting makes it so memorable. So those, those are the two that stick out in, of, of all those kind of big moments I've, I've been lucky enough to be involved in. And you kind of mentioned that post 9-11 game when it comes to because I kind of just that kind of just sparked uh, interest in this next question for you, you know, producing a game, putting together things, how a broadcast is going to work, whether it's pregame, in-game, post-game. Were there any scenarios where you kind of thought like, all right, going in, this might be controversial, like some topics that we are going to discuss? I mean, obviously, I'm sure you have to get permission for a lot of things that would be controversial. But do you remember any specific things? that uh, were kind of like on the fence, like maybe we should bring this up and at the same time, like phrase in a way that's not disrespectful in any way to anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's always stuff. Right. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it goes almost about a little bit back to your CM Punk question, you know, um, he's no longer employed by the WWE. And so you, you always have to take in consideration of your league partners and um, whenever, whenever you do a broadcast, there's, um, you know, there's sales considerations. There, 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 there you, there's also the team aspect of it. You know, the teams have opinion on things. So you're, you're always weighing a bunch of factors in any kind of decision you make and um, how particular, how you could cover a particular event. I mean, I'm sure that that's a tough scenario given um, any certain situation that may come your way. But the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, again, I don't want to take too much of your time here. It is almost the weekend, though that's probably busy for you with everything you got going on. Busy in a good way. <laughs> busy in a good way. That's right. Um, I mean, if you're passionate about it, like it, it's not work. Um, for you, or I guess for me in a sense, because being an aspiring sportscaster, whether it's play-by-play, I've done a lot of play-by-play over the past four years. I actually got to direct and produce my first uh, basketball broadcast the other night. Totally different pace. It was go, go, go. Uh, yeah. I'll admit there were a few bumps in the road, but I think I did all right. Uh, definitely very um, an interesting scenario there. But for you, as for, I guess for me again, uh, what advice would you give to someone uh, in this field of work, whether it's at a college level or right out of college, who uh, want to get into this business? Besides, from of course, you know, a repetition standpoint, because that's the biggest key to, I think, play-by-play, color, whatever, like on the air. But when it comes to everything behind the scenes, what's what's the biggest piece of advice you give someone who wants to be the best that they possibly can at, you know, the fastest possible way, in a sense? Well, I, I think uh, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit that um, 
you know, be open to opportunities. If you if you, you want to be on air, that doesn't mean if an opportunity comes up to, to be behind the scenes and be in the production truck, be in the technical side, that you should, you know, keep an open mind, right? You don't, who knows what the opportunity is going to be that makes sense. Um, and, and, you know, put yourself in a position to be lucky. Do, do as, as much as you can. Do as many inter- internships as you can. Do as many uh small jobs during the week can you can you work as a runner can you uh you know help get coffee for somebody can you pull cables at a, at a, at a tv truck you name it you, you, you just be be open to it and, and and don't 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 ever say no and then also don't take no for an answer you know uh follow up with contacts you make you know use anything you can in kind of your your networking circle um you know, the, the, the great thing about life in 2020 is you can kind of get in touch with anybody via LinkedIn or social media, Twitter, you name it, um, you know, use those contacts. Also, you know, the amount of information you have available to you on people, uh, you know, from people in the media, and media reporters and broadcasters on on Twitter and the like. There's no reason not to know about everything that's going on in the industry because all that information is at your fingertips. So um, just immerse yourself in the field and be open for uh, any opportunity that comes up. Have a plan, but be, be willing to adapt. That plan doesn't go exactly to, exactly as you hope it might. Right, and kind of like letting God take its course in a sense of like, okay, like this opportunity didn't come, but something's coming down the road. And and a prime example of, you know, like using that network, like, like me reaching out via LinkedIn to you, uh, setting this up, kind of going out of your way, creating those uh, opportunities for yourselves, building those relationships with people can obviously go a long way. Without a doubt, yeah. The, the fact that you know you you can reach out to me and vice versa. That's uh, it shows how amazing a world it is, and how you can connect with anybody in the world, kind of more or less, at any time. Well, Jacob, I want to thank you so much for being uh, gracious enough to take about a half hour of your time here on this Friday to talk to me. I hope you're staying safe and Merry Christmas. I can't believe we're like ten days away from Christmas because I'm not shopping at all. The, the, the Christmas tree is up and our Christmas lights are up as well. So I appreciate the time, Jack. Thanks for reaching out. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow. And now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said... TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.